Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Today is an episode that you are going to want to tune into. You are going to want to share this episode with your friends and with your family and with your neighbor and your mailman and everybody else that comes into contact with you. This is the episode that I have been really, really excited to bring to you. Uh, we have a special guest today and Uh, Her name is Dr. Shivani Gupta. Dr. Shivani is an Ayurvedic practitioner and expert infusing Eastern and Western practices that help our bodies achieve equilibrium. She completed her master's in Ayurvedic sciences and her PhD on turmeric. Inflammation is a root cause for many health issues in our lives, and we have the power to overcome it. Her passion is teaching at-home remedies to reduce inflammation naturally, that will help you enjoy more energy, less brain fog, less pain, and ultimately achieve vibrant health. Dr. Shivani Gupta has practiced Ayurvedic medicine for over 20 years, and her approach is to show you the tools in your toolkit so you can reach for them every time you need them. She is also the founder of Fusionary Formulas, an Ayurvedic company that helps people with inflammation and pain. Dr. Shivani, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I have to just share a little bit of my story and why I am so excited for you to be here. Um, so my family, we see, we go to a family practice and we have been for the past almost 20 years. And at one point in the practice, they had brought a doctor on board who practiced Ayurvedic medicine. And I knew nothing about it, nothing at all, but I was so impressed with the way she listened, the way she thought outside of the box and, and she was a DO. So, I mean, she had the medical credentials behind her name, but yet she was prescribing things in a different way or tinctures or balms or creams that were giving the results of a traditional, you know, Western medication. And so I turned into a believer, but I know that not many people know about this medicine, this practice. So that is why I'm so excited to have you on the show today, because you can educate us all about it. I know I don't know everything about it, and I'm excited to learn too. Um, But I think there is a place for this. I know there is a place for this. And, you know, our conversation is going to be so exciting today. I, we have not, you have not even said a word and I am just singing your praises. So Dr. (laughs) Shivani, let us know a little bit more about you and how, how you, you know, your PhD was in turmeric. Like, how did you get even into that? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for creating a space for me to even share about Ayurvedic wisdom. To me, this is such a profound science and system of medicine and way of life. And I feel so fortunate that 
at the point in my life when I needed it most, I found it, that it helped me and healed me and um, that I have this, the ability in my life to make this my calling, just to teach Ayurveda to the world. Um, so my background is I'm an Indian woman from Houston, Texas. And so I grew up in the East and the West at the same time, like any immigrant family, we were living in America. My parents were first generation, but it was a very Indian traditional household. And we would go home every year to India to see my parents, family and cousins and brothers. And so it, it was always like a dual life. Like when I'd go to India, my grandma would treat me with hinkapani when my stomach was upset or she'd just reach into the kitchen and, and use the spice box we have in every Indian household. And that's how she would fix a cold, a stomach problem, anything. And when I got back home to Texas, it was like, oh, well, we go to Eckerd's and we buy Pepto-Bismol and we buy Dayquil and we buy these things. So I was constantly seeing there's two worlds. And I saw that in many ways, my whole life, religion, everything. I was like, wow, two things can simultaneously exist and both work. What does that mean exactly? Um, and so fast forward, I took too many antibiotics in high school because I was chronically sick, lots of augmentin. Fast forward to college and I realized I'm the only person who gets sick all the time and everybody else gets to be healthy, but there's something wrong with me. I'm always air sick, car sick, seasick. Oh, you sneezed. I'm sick. And so I kind of went on this journey of what does it take to build a strong body? What is an immune system? And so we were in India at one point, I was disastrously sick, nearly, nearly getting hospitalized. And there was this Dr. Gupta who they took me to, and he's like, here's your prescription. And it was a prescription of like 13 medications. And I got so angry. And this voice inside of me was like, no, what's happening? You're not doing this. So I asked him, I was like, please explain to me what you just prescribed. And my whole family was like, you do not speak to an Indian male doctor that way. And I was like, well, consider me the rude American. I got to defend myself here, but I got to know what's happening. And he's like, well, the first one's an antibiotic. The rest are for your symptoms. And I said, look, how about we drop that antibiotic down a couple notches, buddy? You don't have to explode my gut. I've done this rodeo with you people before here in India. And secondly, you didn't even give me a probiotic. So I'm not taking the last 12 and I got to go manage myself. And that sent me on my quest. I went through India. I visited every Ayurvedic detox center, every spa I could find, every guru. I studied at their feet. And I really wanted to understand, is this science valid? Because again, I, I live in two worlds. No one silent science is valid until I prove it to myself. Um, and I discovered Ayurveda is profound. It's vast. It's complex. It's deep. Um, I wish I had been born to like an 18 generation Ayurvedic family in India. So like I could have just studied this forever and in my past lives. But Ayurvedic medicine to me is a beautiful system where you can go deeper and deeper and deeper. And once you understand it, once you understand that it's really just a rhythm and it's a lifestyle, then you can easily move yourself into its rhythm and thus change the rhythm of your whole life. You can change how you feel every day. You can change the levels of health you experience, which also means the level of joy. So to me, it's like a way of life that's profound. And I'm always looking for the words and tools to show people that, hey, everything you think is a health problem you have choices and options and they can be as easy as teas and spices. We're not usually thinking that way, but if you think that way, mother earth has a lot of solutions for us. If we just reach into her toolkit, her farm, as I call it, F-A-R-M of toolkits, and we can have a completely different life than we imagined. 
And I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. I'm a believer of it. And I'm a product of it. I live a better life. I look better and feel better every year that I age. And I think that's amazing. <laughs> that's not something you hear often. Usually you're hearing the opposite. As I get older, I have more health ailments. My skin is not as nice. My, my hair and nails aren't great. And so for you to be improving every year, you know, that, that says something. Oh. Plus, I think that's a pretty bold statement, you know, to declare like this way of medicine, this, the science changes your life. Like that's a, a pretty profound statement. Yeah, I think it, because it's not just a system of medicine, you know, we are programmed here in the West or we, you know, one of our thought forms here in the West is I go to the doctor when I'm sick and the doctor will give me a solution. And I am actually pretty neutral, guys. I don't want to sound like I bash Western medicine. I, I revere it. I'm I'm surrounded by it in my family and I use it whenever I need a surgery or something. I'm like, thank God for you guys. Thank God for your toolkit. It's pretty profound. Um, but it's a toolkit. And so my point to the world is there's a lot of toolkits out there. Let's just open our minds to all the ones that exist and which ones we need to reach into for what. When I need surgery or I've got something horrible, acute happening, you better believe I run straight for hospitals and doctors. And then that's less than 5% of my life. The other 95% of the time, when I get a headache, I use headache oil. When I have stomach upset, I reach for a spice called Hing. When I'm not feeling balanced, I reach for adaptogens. If we have profound toolkits we can reach into that are not just going to help us with the problem, but go down to the foundational level and lift up and balance us from the foundation to prevent the problem from happening again. So we can live this profound preventive lifestyle. And then we are preventing all those future problems from even coming at us. Yeah. Well, so I think we have to back up a few steps sure. because- not many people, especially the population I work with, and I'm assuming the population you work with as well, is in a place to be at preventative. Sure. Like we've got to solve some problems first and got to put out the again, fires. Exactly. And that's the point of this conversation is to just bring awareness that, hey, there may be alternative ways to, you know, to help your body to manage symptoms other than just one traditional way that you've been exposed to since since birth. Um, so let's, let's go back to the root of the problem, inflammation. That was something that we read in your bio. Talk to us a little bit about inflammation, what is going on in the body and why it is the root of most of our ailments. Sure. So inflammation is a root cause issue and we hear the word inflammation, but I think we oftentimes don't understand what it means. Inflammation, there's acute and chronic. Acute inflammation is when the body's responding because we got hurt. So you're going to have swelling and redness and the body's going to send stuff there to get you healed up. The problem is in modern day times, our body is kind of under assault between all the different external environmental factors that exist. We've got poor water, we've got poor air, we've got poor food quality. The food is lacking the minerals that we need for the basic building blocks of our body. We've got um, exposure through our phones and devices and Wi-Fi. We've got plastic in everything. Apparently we eat a credit card of plastic a week, which I think is insane. Um, so we just have like a lot of factors coming into the body that didn't exist before. Like a lot of people are like, well, we've existed for so long, what is this? I, in this body, in modern day times, am probably consuming way more radiation, EMF, 
plastic, toxins, and things like that compared to before. The body doesn't know what to do all with all this. And we have a food system now that's somewhat broken. And the sad American diet, the standard American diet, is pretty poor for our health. And we we were all raised on it. I was raised on Taco Bell and McDonald's and all the fun foods and fast foods and these things that come about. But the body, I literally look at my body and say, wow, you must think that what you're consuming is poison because to you, that's not food. And so the body's creating inflammation because it doesn't know how to react to so many things that we're inputting into ourselves that are foreign. It's an outsider. And so the body is just reacting to it. And then because it's chronic, because we're constantly giving our body high fructose corn syrup and toxins and chemicals and foreign ingredients, sometimes unknowingly, sometimes knowingly, you know, I eat a corn tortilla instead of a regular tortilla that has gluten, but that doesn't mean the corn tortilla doesn't have all sorts of crazy things in it that my body could react to. It's, I think it's a better choice, but you really have to be so militant nowadays to find really clean products. It's rare to find a really clean product that's shelf stable. So and inflammation too. <laughs> and it can get expensive. I agree. And and they don't have the long shelf life. So you're like, gosh, I have like four days to eat tortillas and then they're all black. Oh gosh. <laughs> so so yeah, inflammation and chronic low-grade persistent inflammation are like a slow burning fire in the body. It is our body dealing with this forest fire that we just don't see yet. And once we see it, it's a little late in the game. And by then we're going to go running to the doctors and each specialist and say, hey, my gut is off. Hey, I have brain fog. Hey, I have mood issues. Hey, I have thyroid issues. Everything's off. I don't understand. And then all these specialists will look at you and, and from their vantage points, treat inflammation with their toolkit. This is how we all end up on 10 to 12 medications and then side effect management. In fact, most of medicine right now is dealing with inflammation in our bodies in some form. So if we just address the root cause, address the inflammation, but then the causes of the inflammation, then all of a sudden you get to win at your health because you're addressing both. You're fixing the problem. You're putting out the fire, but you're also not leaving lit matches all along the forest as well to yeah. cause it. What a great explanation. So do, does all root inflammation begin in the gut? Inflammation can actually start anywhere in the body, but our inflammation, like in Ayurveda, we look at it as a lot of systems. Ayurveda looks at our system as our doshic systems. We're made of different elements. There's a lot of complexity there, but like you could have inflammation starting from gut, from brain, from different organ systems. We all have different weaknesses and different tendencies. I could get a paper cut. And then that sets off inflammation. And then if I'm really that deficient in everything, all of a sudden it could be a bigger problem. But yes, over 70% of the immune system resides in the gut. And the gut is really the seat of all health, all vitality. And so a lot of times our inflammation is propagated in the gut. It exists in the gut. And we just don't realize it. Like a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with leaky gut. And I just looked at my functional medicine doctor and I was like, are you crazy? I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. If anyone loves their gut on earth, it's me. What are you saying? And she's like, well, here's your stool test and here's the result. And I thought, wow, that just shows you how much work we have to do to not have inflammation and problems in our gut. Right. Like if an Ayurvedic practitioner is struggling with leaky gut, what, what chances do we have 
as somebody who's always believed in Western medicine. Yeah. And, you know, and that has been, you know, what we have founded our, our toolkit from, you know, like, how do we even have a shot to be productive? Yeah, but the per- the doctor said, look, did you take a, ha- a lot of antibiotics in high school? I can see this in your results. Like, I can see that as a child, you took a lot of antibiotics. I was like, yes, I did. He goes, yeah, you're missing an entire class of bacteria. Like, okay, so here in the West, I'm just a product of the West like anyone else. I did what I did, and now I know better. And so every day, we get to make choices. We get to make choices to take our supplements, to eat a little better, to manage our stress, to meditate, to sleep better. So I look at this as like my lifelong journey where I get to lovingly take care of myself within the confines of wanting to live a great life and have fun and raise kids and work like we have to make it fit in there so let's let's go back to the food part because obviously this is a nutrition podcast that is what my specialty is in uh, what I am the most passionate about what are some of the foods that can be contributing to inflammation and then on the flip side what are some of the things that we can do to help protect and and improve our immune system. Sure. So I always say the top five inflammatory foods are gluten, dairy, sugar, meat, and alcohol. And usually after I say that, I'm a very hated person. Everyone's <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Shivani? I'm like, well, for most people, not all, but some people, gluten is intolerant. Like we're intolerant to gluten. I, I love gluten. I love bread. I love everything in life. But once I gave it up, I also gave up brain fog and fatigue and feeling like I was climbing a mountain every day trying to get through my day. So for some people, gluten is horrible. For some people, dairy is horrible. For most people, alcohol is not good for us. So we really have to moderate the alcohol. And more and more science is saying more than two glasses a week is bad for brain health, which that's a pretty hard statement after the pandemic where a lot of people are living in this world that's stressful and use a glass of wine to relax. So really what they're saying is find other lifestyle tools other than alcohol, please. It's a really bad one for your brain, um, which I'm glad science is saying it like that, but it's I know it's going to be very tough for people. Well, I think for alcohol for so long has been like drink in moderation, moderation. So we've never had a hard stop, like, like smoking cigarettes were no, no, it's not good for you. Now, all of a sudden you're taking something that was moderation and you're saying, actually, we're going to pull that back. That doesn't feel good. Yeah. And the other issue I think is we've already taken away a lot of things like people would lean into smoking. People would lead into a lot of other tools, whatever they are those have all been considered bad. This is one of the last few that's like, oh, a glass of wine will relax you. So you have to now look for this alternative. It's a walk in nature. It's exercise. It's, so it, it's it's kind of like you're prying the last ones out of our hands, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> and telling us how bad it is. And anyone who's into health is going to say, well, I want my brain health over my longevity. So of course I should make the right decision. Um, another big one is sugar, which we know sugar is so inflammatory and meat. I have a caveat. I think that everyone's diet is so bio-individual. So when I have people do a detox, I usually say, just give up red meat for the 21 days or 14 or seven days, whatever you're willing to do and see for yourself when you are post elimination diet, which one works for you. But a lot of times pescatarian and white meat, depending on how you source it is just fine. So Mm -hmm. I consider those the inflammatory foods. And according to Ayurveda, we just want people to eat as fresh as possible 
from the earth, the least processed. Don't microwave or kill your food as much as possible. Bake it or pan heat it. Um, and really a lot of our education in Ayurveda is how you eat as opposed to what you eat, because so much of us, so many of us are like running as we eat, standing when we eat, not just taking the five minutes to honor the meal as the meal that's going to give us nutrients and those things. So your next part of your question was an anti-inflammatory diet. An anti-inflammatory diet is eating a conscious, healthy diet that incorporates fresher ingredients, better sourced whether you're a pescatarian, um, vegetarian, I mean, people are on so many diets. Again, I don't like to specify the diet, but people who work with me as clients, I like to have them give up gluten for 21 days and then tell me if gluten works for them. It usually never does. Dairy, a lot of them come off of cow's milk, but keep goat's milk, feta, those types of cheeses in their life are usually fine. Um, we just really create a new lifestyle of eating three times a day with consciousness, pausing to have tea, like tea time is me time. Um, and just really bringing food into your life as a tool, as fuel, as nourishment, eating seasonally when you can, eating with nutrient density in mind every time when you can, eating for nutrient variety. So really those are the core messages of Ayurveda. Like look at what you're eating with the consciousness of how is this fueling my body today? And even if that's only one meal, sometimes I just focus on one meal. Lunch, every day at work, I have salad and veggie burgers or I have salad and boiled eggs. I'm like, I got one good meal in, everything else, okay, I'll do my best. But we can't be perfect 24 seven. So it's really about where are you gonna put that intention? Mm -hmm. Well, and I also like the the part of it where it, it honors the individual to- yeah figure out what is the best decision for that person. Because like you right. said, it with the exception of now the, the alcohol having a hard stop, like not everybody struggles with the same foods. They, they just don't. And so, you know, we can make generalized statements. We can, you know, try to point people in the right direction, but it's so important for you to go on your own individual journey. Trial foods, right? Take them out. Just take it out for two or three weeks and just see. And if you don't have a problem, don't turn it into a problem. Exactly. But if you don't feel good, pay attention to that. Maybe right. you don't have to eliminate completely. If you're not there, maybe it's just decreasing frequency or volume when you do eat it and figuring out where is that line of feeling good, um, but also balancing physical and mental health because that is also an issue. We can't just make blanket statements without looking at somebody's mental health around food and the rules that they're creating around it. Exactly. And that can happen a lot. Like I had a, a nutrition coach a few years ago when I was getting all these diagnoses and data from functional medicine. And I was like, I know how to incorporate it, but I would like an accountability partner on this. And I'd like a different perspective because I'm so into health that I'll be very militant. Like I'll just put myself on a very horribly specific diet. And that's not honoring my role. My role is mother. My role is wife, sister, and business owner. And, and so I, I, my friend who coached me, he's like, look, you don't eat enough fat. Where's the fat in your day? What's happening here? No wonder you feel like your brain can't do everything you need it to. Let's fuel you. 
And just micro shifts in diet can completely shift how we feel, our energy levels, our ability to focus. So I really very consciously, strategically do certain things in my diet just to get the result that I want out of my body and brain. I give myself fat and I'm like, Shivani, this is so you feel amazing and have energy for your fourth quarter of your day as a mom. Do the things that matter that give you that energy. Yeah. So I want to reach into your toolkit. I want to know about this pharmacy that you keep talking about that I still think is just the best word ever. <laughs> F-A-R-M-A-C, pharmacy, not P-H. Um, talk to us a little bit about herbs and spices and their role in healing the body. Sure. So, he, you know, every culture has their herbs and spices. If we went to South America, which is a big general statement of a continent, but if we went into <laughs> Latin America and those countries, they would have all their own spice mixes. If you went to Turkey, Greece, Italy, right? Everyone's got their spices. Um, in, in India, we have all of our own spices. So from India for 5,000 years, Ayurveda has said turmeric is one of the most potent spices we have. India's the largest producer of turmeric. Um, and turmeric does a lot for the body. It is antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal. It is immune supportive, immune modulating. It's a very powerful anti-inflammatory, which is why we think of it the most right now in the West. Um, and it's also a very powerful antioxidant. So I went through herbology class in Ayurvedic sciences and I was like, well, if turmeric does all that, it could have prevented a lot of the issues my family has. Like my family's all diabetic and I always never had an immune system. So really this was the wonder spice that I personally needed. And so that's why I embarked on my PhD. Cause I was like, well, if this, if this spice can do all that, I wonder how we can get the Western side of medicine to acknowledge it and utilize it that way so that it can benefit so many people and address root cause issues. So I have a big passion around turmeric, but I also think there's other epic spices. Ginger is so powerful. Like if you can have ginger lemon tea every morning, simple, inexpensive, easy little elixir you can make for yourself. Ginger lemon tea, and if you need a bit of honey, you can add it. Um, is going to ignite the digestive fire. It's going to detox the system. It's going to de-inflame you. The lemon will alkalize you. A simple tool like that can reset you. So anytime, if I go out for dinner with my friends and have wine, anytime I have a late night, anytime life throws me into left field or I travel, I'll come back and I will just start that as my first habit. Aloe vera juice in the morning or ginger lemon tea. Both very powerful because aloe vera is also kind of like turmeric. It's got 10 benefits to it. Then you have adaptogens. We have an entire class of spices and herbs called adaptogens. And right now we're talking a lot about that in um, the mainstream about lion's mane and reishi and those which are more East Asian. And then out of India, we have ones like um, ashwagandha is the most famous one. People pronounce it ashwagandha here in the West. Ashwagandha is amazing. It is, it's known as the horse's mane. It's going to give you strength. It's going to give you vigor. It's neurocognitive support. If you're anxious and stressed, it calms you down a few notches. If you're depressed and have the blues, it lifts you up a few notches. It's like a thermostat. Like that's exceptional that a spice can come into our body and literally balance us for us, even if we might not know what's wrong with us. And a lot of the adaptogens do that. We have one called Shatavari. People would pronounce it Shatavari here. 
And that one is like the queen of adaptogens for female reproductive organs. So I used it and made a tea because I had so many women complaining about their menopause symptoms. And I was like, well, I have a toolkit. Let me reach in there. So Tulsi, you know, Shatavari, these things in perfect combination will stop hot flashes and night sweats because they're meant to go in the body and, and intelligently support the body with whatever's needed. Um, another simple one, cilantro. We can all eat fresh cilantro. Just throw it on more foods. It'll detox your body from heavy metals. And we're inevitably going to be getting heavy metal exposure in our lives. It's just kind of part of the life we're in. Um, so I just look at these foods and spices and herbs and think, okay, if I haven't picked it up in a while, if I'm walking past you in the grocery store, maybe this is the week I buy fresh parsley and put it on the pasta. Maybe, I mean, cilantro is very much a part of an Indian household. It's going into our food every single day. We use turmeric, red chili powder, coriander, cumin. Certain spices are part of our daily life and every food we eat. Um, and coriander is just dried cilantro. So there's a lot of herbs out there. And I just encourage everyone to go explore with them and use them and, and gain the benefits of them. Super spices are the new superfoods. We think of superfoods when we want to be healthy and superfoods for longevity. And everyone's buying blueberries and salmon and, and all that list that we've known for decades now. But I propose that super spices are the next superfoods. So you you coined this term when you were talking about, I think it was, um, I'm trying to think what the first ingredient you said. It wasn't the turmeric, it was right before that. But you said something about igniting the digestive fire. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means? Yeah. So in Ayurveda, we look at the digestive system as a digestive fire. So if you can imagine inside of you like a campfire in your gut. And here in the West, I think we think of the tra the gut as like a trash disposal. Like I tell my husband, you don't need to eat the last leftovers on the plate. It, you're not a garbage disposal meant to just process whatever's on this table. The gut is a fire. It's meant to be honored. It's meant to be respected. It, any campfire, you would stoke it, build it for the day for it to cook all your food. And at night you would settle down that fire so you could have a good night's sleep. You wouldn't want a raging fire next to you. And then the next morning you'd start it up again. So with the same philosophy, if we looked at our gut every day and said, okay, I'm going to wake up in the morning, time to open up that fire, it's your metabolism, it's your brain health, gut is brain, we're on a gut brain axis, we're all interconnected. So I ignite my digestive fire in the morning, I don't drink icy drinks anytime near a meal. When I get to a restaurant, they bring me an icy drink of water, I'm like, please take that back, sorry, can I have water, no ice, and can I also get a hot cup of water with lemon? Why? Because I'm igniting a fire before it does its job. Then when it's done, I'm not going to put cold things on it, cold fruit, cold dessert. I leave all that out of my life. I just eat the meal, finish it, and then move, give the fire the time to process what it needs to digest, absorb, assimilate, take in the nutrients, do its best job. And then when it's time for the next meal, I eat that meal and then the digestive fire and system has to rejuvenate and clear the lymphatic system and do so much work overnight that Ayurveda teaches us a concept called circadian rhythm and says we have to sleep 10 to 2 so that the brain and the gut and everything can clear. So it's a pretty big um, philosophical topic out of Ayurveda, but the best way to explain it is campfire. Imagine you are igniting, you're in charge and you're in control of igniting your campfire every morning. And then you're in charge of finishing up that dinner, preferably by seven, three hours before bed, 
so that it can then close shop and do what it needs to do overnight before the next morning. Mm -hmm. I also heard our, our gut um, being described as the VIP room. Like not everybody gets to get it, go into the VIP room. Like totally. we're selective. There's, yes. there's guards making sure that the right people get to go into the VIP room. And so like that. it's a positive, <laughs> right? It's like more of a, it's like such a respect and an honorable place of your body. Like, Hey, yeah. I'm only going to put the the best of the best, the special invites into my body because yeah. I want to enjoy this experience and not just let anything come past because it's on the table or because yeah. I don't want to throw away two bites. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So now some of these spaces that you mentioned, like in the West are obviously a little bit more common. Um, there were some others that um, you mentioned the one, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I'm sure I, I'll do it incorrectly. Um, where do we even go for some of these spaces and, and do quantities matter when it comes to benefits in our body? Quantity matters, form matters, freshness matters, all of it matters. So it's interesting with turmeric, I'll take turmeric because I love turmeric. Turmeric, the plant in its raw form has some benefits. And I know in modern day times, we're like fresh is better, fresh is better. In the case of turmeric, I don't think that's the case. You can take fresh turmeric and juice it. It's not so bioavailable. Will it give you benefits? Yeah. But drying it concentrates that spice much more. And then taking that and extracting the benefits out of it more so. So out of the entire turmeric plant, only 3% is the curcuminoids. Out of those curcuminoids, just curcumin is the most effective at reducing inflammation. And so when I learned that, I was like, well, I have a lot of stuff I need to pre prevent. I need an immune system that like defends me in this life. I'm going to go find the best extract of that 1% in there. I need that thing. And I couldn't really find one that satisfied me. That's why I created Fusionary, because I wanted to see, could I find the most potent thing on earth? And when I did find it, my factory was like, you are not using that ingredient. That's very expensive. And I was like, okay, well, what if we just humored me? And I tried it. And then I was able to prove that when you find an extract like that, you can deliver quite a result for inflammation. Same thing with ginger. Ginger in fresh form is actually wonderful, I think. In dried form, you'll get it even more concentrated. Um, there's a lot of plants out there. It, it's kind of like either use trial and error or I should make like a PDF on this. I have not done that yet. But a lot of them I interplay. Like I use dried coriander, but I love fresh cilantro as well. Um, quantity, yeah, don't use a pinch and assume a pinch is going to do everything for you in life. It's just a pinch. It's like when my kids say, yeah, I play soccer. That's my exercise. I'm like, oh, so for two hours out of seven days a week, you exercise. That's not enough. We all need to move more. Same thing with spices. So three to four days a week, start playing with a spice and seeing in all the ways, how can you incorporate it? Um, don't just put a sprinkle on, like get, get into it a little bit, test, you know, in a bowl, maybe separately from the main pot, but in a bowl test, like, can I put a spoon in and, and what does that do for the flavor? Because um, it will be new flavors and new experiences, but you can use them strategically. Like I'll heat cumin and oil and add it to black beans because a day later, I don't want the black beans to give us gas and cumin reduces any gas producing properties from a food. Um, so you can kind of strategically start using these things and kind of hiding them in the foods so you don't have to experience the flavor every time. Do you have any more of those tips, like the yes. cumin with the um, 
with decreasing gas, like what are some, I know cinnamon can help reduce blood sugar. What are some of those other tips that you have up your sleeve? Cinnamon is very good for everyone. I mean, if we can put cinnamon on anything we want to turn sweet, cinnamon has a lot of benefits. And cinnamon is good going into the fall season. It's considered like a warming, comforting spice, turmeric, ginger, all of these are. Uh, My two favorites for gas and gut are, one is called hing. Hing is H-I-N-G. Its official spice name is asafoetida. So if you're going to look it up on Amazon, it's A-S-A-F-O-E-T-I-D-A. Um, or you can look it up as hing because that's how all of us Indians call it. That spice, if I'm having any like GI upset, I ate in a restaurant, the food combinations were wrong. Um, I just ate too much. Who knows what the issue is? I used it every day when I was pregnant with my kiddos because I'd have like heartburn and GI upset. Um, You basically take a cup of water, boil it. You add a pinch of hing and you add a pinch of something called kala namak, K-A-L-A, and then N-A-M-A-K-H. Basically, it means purple salt or black salt. It's a purple salt from India that combo will just, I've, I've cured so many people's GI issues with that one tea combination. It probably costs less than 10 bucks. These are just two basic spices in any Indian kitchen. So you can get them on Amazon or any Indian grocery store, but you can make that tea any evening, anytime you need to, and it'll simmer down whatever's happening in the gut. When we cook Indian food, oftentimes we heat oil and we put a pinch of hing and we put a pinch of cumin seeds heat that up, let it get a little aromatic. Then we start all of our cooking on top. That's how we prevent every food from producing gas, but we also help it support. It's almost like it's pre-digested for us. So when people complain about beans and lentils, that's how we as Indians consume a lot of beans and lentils. We've got the right spices to support eating them. So when a lot of people tell me, I went vegan, it's amazing. I'm making a chili. I'm like, I am not touching your chili. I have no idea what you put in there, but I know you didn't put the right spices. And I'm like, can I please bring you the right spices for next time? And then they're like, oh, thank you. This is way better. (laughs) So that is so interesting. Like you said, just even how you layer flavors and how you, you know, can have a medicinal property to it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, so what do you think are the top three spices we should have in our pharmacy? Number one is always turmeric. I think it's the best thing since sliced bread. I I can't live without it. Number two is ginger easily. I think ginger is a sister plant to turmeric. It's a little different. It's, it's a little gentler in some ways. It's, it's very nice as it goes through the gut lining. Turmeric's like almost like brute force. Turmeric's there to do its job versus ginger is a little more loving, I think. And so I I lean into ginger a lot. I use it in my cooking. I'll use it in lentils and beans. Um, I love ginger lemon tea as a delicious morning habit. I think it's so good for us. Um, Gosh, third choice. If you wanted accessible and in the United States, I think the easiest to lean into is cilantro. Why? Because it it will detox heavy metals. It is cooling, which many of us need a cooling effect most of the year, depending on where you live. Um, It's so supportive of the body. Um, Yeah, so I would pick that one because normally I would say ashwagandha, but then you have to buy it in supplement form. And I don't have an ashwagandha by anyone that I love right now. So I'm, I'm working hard to develop my own. Uh, I keep testing others and none of them do what mine used to do. So I'm working on it. 
Yeah. So you keep talking about with cilantro, with detoxing heavy metals. Some mm-hmm. people may not understand what that means or may not have heard of that concept sure. before because they don't think of eating aluminum or sure. eating um, iron, you know, so what does that mean? So inevitably with the way our water systems are, our land, our food, our pesticides, our everything that we touch. Um, I, I think a lot of women and people think about this when they're pregnant. Like we don't normally think about these topics so deeply. All of a sudden when you're pregnant, you're like, wow, what am I putting in my body? What is surrounding me? What am I buying for this child? So that's typically the time when we think about this deeply. But any given person, if you did your own GI test, hormone panel in great detail, food intolerance test, if we could all test the amount of plastic in the umbilical cords when we give birth, if we could test our plastic um, load in our bodies and our heavy metal load in our bodies. Functional medicine is diving into this a lot, which is why I love partnering with functional medicine. I have done food intolerance tests, gut tests, saliva tests, heavy metal testing, all these testings on myself. I'm high copper. I don't know why I'm high copper. I don't eat copper. I don't, I'm not surrounded by copper. I'm just a normal American human being sitting here in my house. But I do have a heavy metal burden in my body that impacts brain health in my body. And so now that I have that data point, I use iron or zinc, zinc really, to help balance the copper. Um, so yeah, so I just think that, like I mentioned, there's so much that we're touching and consuming that is in us and absorbed by us. So we have to consistently detox the body. And Ayurveda teaches us to detox at the intersection of seasons. So summer into fall, fall into winter. It's great if you can just take a week and just like clean out your diet a little bit. Take that time to bring consciousness. Release the foods of the last season, add in the new ones. Eliminate inflammatory foods that you might have picked up. Like for me, the holiday season, I love the holidays. So I am gluttonous. I have so much fun during the holidays. And then every year I have to like self-correct. And I think I've gotten like 90% better than how I used to be. I don't even go to Starbucks for the fun drinks anymore. The reaction is too strong with that much sugar. But I do love certain foods during the holidays and then holidays over. Okay, let's clean up shop and let's walk forward healthy again in the cleanest way possible. So in the same ways, you can use these spices strategically to support you at those times. Great. And I think that's something very practical that most of us can resonate with. We can identify like, all right, that makes sense to me. Like I I can do those things Um, because I think you always hear eat more seasonally, but why, right? Like you ever sit and think about why is it important to do that? Um, So you said Ayurvedic medicine deeply believes in eating seasonally. That's one of their roots. It's a big one because, and I'm, I'm writing a whole book on circadian rhythm right now because it's such a, a big topic. But it, if we just understood that we're humans, we are on planet Earth, planet Earth has a rhythm, the moon, the stars, we have a rhythm with our solar system, with our planet, with day, night, with the moon, the seasonal cycles of the moon. We have a, our own day and night cycle. And all of that is reflected in ourselves. And so in the same way with food, with seasons, when we release a season, for example, when I release the summer season, 
Earth is not around, at least around me, in my geographic location, there's not going to be as much watermelon and cooling foods that Mother Earth gave me to naturally stay cool in the summer. Now, Earth will shift and the season will shift around me to warming foods and winter fall foods. And so our job is just to transition beautifully with Mother Earth, with the seasons. If we battle against the seasons and we battle against our own circadian rhythm and mother earth cycles, we're just swimming uphill. And so if you want to be healthier and feel better in your body, just look around and be in flow with nature, flow downstream with nature. That simple mind shift can make it so much easier as you go through life. So I really look at my life as quarters, seasons. What am I doing for the next season? What is my speed? How much self-care do I need? What's the game plan? And then I design my life around that. Okay. So here's a, a question that may be a little challenging to answer. How do we know we're getting enough? Because I know you said, don't use a pinch. You know, we need to incorporate these daily into our day. But how do we know we're truly getting enough of these nutrients that our body is in like homeostasis? It's actually impossible because unless you do deep blood work, you will not know your deficiencies. Like even I, when I go to functional medicine, I have two doctors. I was like, I need a boardroom because I don't even just need, I, I needed like a, a team to, for me to believe the data and then be willing to implement what was being told me. But I, I laugh sometimes. They're like, you're D deficient, B, B deficient, a uh, little bit iron deficient, A, vitamin A deficient, oleic acid as if I don't eat olive oil, like you can see it in my blood work. Um, it's insane to me. It's funny how I can run on deficiencies. I'm like, but I try so hard. I eat the salad and I eat seasonally and I eat veggies and I eat spices. So all that to say, I think all of us interplay with our diet all the time, right? Like I'll test intermittent fasting, fasting. I'll test this other idea. I think it's so important to look at your body and the minute you're not feeling the best that you felt, that is your sign. So I can tell on any given day, I'm like, you know, my brain is there, but it feels like it's functioning at 80%. What do I need to do different today? Oh, maybe you should eat some healthy fat. Maybe you shouldn't be living on this non-fat plan you came up with in the eighties. Okay. Or, uh, I'll get home every day at four and I'm tired and I just want to start eating. I'm like, well, should I be eating or drinking? Oh, I've only had green tea, which is a diuretic all day. Maybe my system's just needing water. So if we just tuned in intuitively to ourselves and asked ourselves what we need, our body is actually going to learn that its voice is valid and we're going to listen and give us those signs. And then it's our job to be the detective and figure out for ourselves what we need more of. I do think a deep, you know, good blood work showing your deficiencies is a good baseline to have. Once you have it, you know your template of how you run. I know that I've been B and D deficient since forever. I'm a vegetarian. I'm going to run with certain deficiencies. I get that. But then it's my job to either win at it with diet, or if I'm not willing to or not able to, get those supplements on board because there's a lot of pathways that are not being supported for our brain health, our gut health, our systemic health, our hormone health, especially if we're going to run with deficiencies all the time. So that's where it's so important that we go and actively take the supplements and the things we need 
so we can stay our healthiest and our best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you have shared so many tools with us today and just opened our minds to a different way of using food, using supplements to, to heal, to protect, to feel our best. Um, like you said, I think it, it requires us to be a little introspective and, you know, maybe that requires us to slow down a little bit so we can actually pay attention. Um, I'm a firm believer. Your body will tell you if there's something wrong, it'll tell you if it needs something, we just have to become better listeners. And, and some of that requires us to slow down to be able to identify, um, this is what's going on. I know a great example. This was right before the podcast. I was at home and I wanted to record in my office. And so I'm running around trying to throw the laundry in and right before I'm like, Oh, I need to eat something. And I'm like, do I, or is this just nerves from running around and trying to make sure I get to the office on time and I'm not late, you know? So it's like my body was trying to say, Hey, I don't like this running around. It feels anxiety provoking. It feels anxious, but my brain's like, yeah, we should eat something. I'm like, huh? Yeah. That's not what it needs. But if we don't stop and actually question and pay attention, we may inadvertently give our body something it really didn't want based on old habits. So True. I think part of this process too, is getting better at, at listening. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what Ayurveda teaches us is self-care circadian rhythm, honoring gut health first. But like you just said, like tuning into your own intuition, listening to your body and creating those anchor points in your day where you will pause and listen to your body regularly so that you can give it what it needs. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Dr. Shivani, where can we learn more about you and about your product line? Um, I know you mentioned that you have a, a company, a uh, fusionary company, uh, fusionary formula. Is that right? Um, where can we learn more about that and, and the products that you have available? Sure. So my website is fusionaryformulas.com, F-U-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y. We created a special code for you, Body Metrics, M-E-T-R-I-X. Body Metrics will give everyone in your audience 15% off on their orders at Fusionary, your first time order. And then my website is shivanigupta.com, S-H-I-V-A-N-I, Gupta, Gupta. Um, I always say Gupta and then Gupta. but my website's that. And then I have an Instagram at Gupta as well. And I have a Facebook group. So there's a lot of ways to find me online, but I just love teaching this topic and sharing it. My podcast is Fusionary Health. If anyone's interested in listening to how I interviewed amazing doctors and practitioners about health as well. Um, I just think we have so much opportunity to feel incredible in our bodies. And so thank you for letting me share today. Of course. Yes. And, and please check her out. Um, you know, like you said, her product line, you know, she's not just throwing any dosage, any supplement out on the market. She's doing lots of testing. She's making sure that all of her facts and her information is backed by science because, you know, you don't want to just throw anything into your body. Obviously we sometimes do that with food, different food products, but we do want to be, um, intentional about what we're putting in, especially if we're looking for a medicinal quality. And so, um, Dr. Shivani has some of that research to back up her claims. And so uh, she has some preventative 
formulary. She has some healing formulary. So you'll definitely want to go check it out and you can use the code um, if you'd like a discount on that. Um, Dr. Shivani, we always end our episodes with a recipe. So yes. I would love for you to share a recipe that, you know, whether it uses maybe some of these healing herbs or from a preventative standpoint, what is something that we can try right now for um, gut protection and healing? That's a great question. My my top two favorites were the ginger lemon tea. I use that one often. Uh, my second favorite is hinkapani. That's what we call it. Um, which was the hing with the purple salt together, just a pinch of each, bring it to tea temperature. These two alone can be so supportive to us for the rest of our lives. Are you using fresh ginger in your ginger lemon tea or are you using a dry ginger? Yes, fresh ginger, fresh lemon. Um, if you can't, bagged ginger is fine. But yes, I, I just keep fresh ginger in my fridge or on my counter and I chop it up real quick and put it in the tea. And now I think they even have ginger in a tube. Can you use that or is that not fresh enough? You can. In Ayurveda, we always love fresh. So the fresher, the better. Perfect. But I'm a big believer in whatever's convenient that will have you do the thing over perfection. So however you can get it done. So start there and yeah. maybe eventually move to, to chopping up a little bit of fresh ginger. Exactly. Excellent. Well, Dr. Shivani, thank you again for your time and for your expertise. We are so thankful for the work that you are doing and for teaching others um, another way, a different way, and one that promotes healing and, and helping people live their, their best life. So thank you for what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining in and listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrian Delgado, and I'll see you next week. Have you heard the news? We started a brand new membership program called My Nutrition Coach, and you're invited to join. At Body Metrics, most of our clients come to us through their medical health insurance plan. Unfortunately, most insurances don't offer enough sessions to see big results. And some plans, they don't cover nutrition services at all. At Body Metrics, we are passionate about helping our clients see results and making nutrition accessible to everyone. That's why we created My Nutrition Coach, a program that offers education and accountability between one-on-one -on -one sessions and an affordable option for those without coverage. Inside the membership, you'll get access to weekly teachings, nutrition-focused goals to work on, recipes, a private community page for support, a video resource library, and an opportunity to ask questions to a real dietitian. This helpful program is available right now for only $9.99 a month, or $99 if you sign up annually. But it's important to us to make sure we're a good fit for you, so we're offering a special 30-day free trial if you sign up now. 
To start your free 30-day trial, simply go to bodymetricshealth.com and click on the Programs tab. There, you will see my nutrition coach. Simply click for more information and to join. We can't wait to see you inside the membership.